Hello and welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. This episode is with Gina Martin. She is a writer and activist in London and she's currently campaigning to change the law around upskirting. If you don't know what upskirting means, it is the act of someone taking a photo up someone's skirt. It's something that I already thought was against the law until I started following Gina's campaign and realising that it is a grey area which doesn't necessarily mean it's a criminal offence. Gina's been doing a lot of press. She's been doing, you know, big time TV shows like the BBC. She's had so much press around this and it all started from a viral post that she put on Facebook. She also happens to be the sister of a good friend of mine called Stevie Martin, who was actually number 12 on this podcast. So if you fancy listening to Stevie's episode after this one, do go and check that out. Gina recently partnered with Refinery29 and created the hashtag Stop Skirting the Issue. It all started when Gina was watching the killers at a festival over the summer and two guys kept hitting on her but wouldn't really take no for an answer. What happened next made her launch a campaign to change the law. Gina tells a story of what happened that day in this podcast Over the past seven months, Gina has thrown herself into researching, finding a lawyer, finding out about how there's no specific legislation against upskirting. So I hope you find this episode interesting and informative around this campaign and please do sign the petition. The link is in the ACAST show notes and on my blog. If you search into care to petitions, you can type Gina's name in and it will come up, but it should be hopefully visible on my blog. In this episode, we discuss how to start a campaign from scratch, the power of spreading the word on social media, how to make small acts and big acts of activism, and how the people around you really matter when it comes to winning a campaign. So I'll stop talking now, and here it is. Welcome, Gina Martin, to Control Art Debate. Yay! This whole episode, I really wanted to feature and discuss and really concentrate on all of the work you're doing around the campaign. So the hashtag, stop skirting the issue. Yes. Uh, Do you want to tell the story of what happened? Yeah. Because this is why I really am inspired by you, is I think this has happened to a lot of people, and if it had happened to me, I can't say that I would be doing what you're doing. I think what you're doing is amazing because it would be easy to just be like, oh, I'll just brush that off. Yeah, and I did that, I've done that, like, my whole life, you know? Since I was, like, 16 and I got older and started getting crap from guys in, you know, bars or whatever. I've done that all the time. I think what happened... So, basically, I was at a festival with Stevie and we were waiting to see The Killers play and we'd been waiting to see The Killers for about 15 years together and we'd never had the opportunity, so we were so excited. And we, like, dressed up... And I love fashion, like, so much, so I was, like wearing like my favourite boots and this pink skirt and this like velvet top and it was 30 degrees and it was the best day and we waited for them to come on and it was broad daylight and these two guys um, were sort of, I guess, well they had girlfriends with them they were just chatting and they were just like drink, eat, drinking and eating chips and I said I was hungry to Stevie and then one of the guys went, oh do you want some chips? And I was like, no honestly it's fine. Um, and then I was like, no actually I'm really hungry. So I was like, yeah no I'll have one. So I nicked a chip and then he was like, just have some more. I was like, cheers, took another one. And then I went, cheers, mate, and then we carried on. And then he just started hitting on me. Like, it was like, because he gave me a chip. Now it was like, well, I gave you the chip, so let's, like, yeah. now you owe me. So I was like, right, just leave me alone, mate. That was really kind, but I'm fine. And I kept saying no. And then I, I did feel at one point, I felt him, like, up against me. You know when you're in a club and someone's up against you? I felt him, like, move against me and then move away. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, that's just, he's weird. 
and then I moved away and then one of them was on his phone where you are to me now like in front of me and he was holding his phone he was on whatsapp and there was a photograph and I just, and it was right like above my knees above the girl's knees like right between her thighs of her crotch underneath the skirt and I was just like oh that's me I know that's me I can just tell that's me a because of how they were acting b because of what I was wearing um but I wanted to double check because I didn't want to accuse him of anything so I grabbed the phone I had a gin so I was like you know when you have like one gin you're like do you know what and it was just that moment where like it's happened so much in my life like crap like that I was like no I'm not this is a really special day for me today with Stevie like I'm so happy to be here I'm not having this shit happen this time like isn't that interesting that your reaction was to just kind of reach out and get it because that that's almost like um what's it called like a reflex yeah it, like was. When it you... was like muscle memory was... yeah I did it before I thought about it and before I knew it was me and I think the reason I did it is because I think my brain went they've taken a picture of up your skirt, you have to get the evidence. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, if I yeah. just said it, then who's going to believe me? Yeah. Um, which is sad that you think like that anyway. Because, thank God you did that, because I've noticed that on your big TV interviews, mm-hmm. they always say, how did you know? Yeah, that's the first thing you get asked. Yeah. That's the first thing, is like, how did you know it happened? But anyway, so I grabbed the phone, we got into a scuffle, he was screaming at me. Um, in the like mentalness of the situation, his friend ran away. I don't know which one of them took it, but his friend just bolted. And he was holding me, and this girl next to me, oh god, I loved her. I need to find who she is. I hope she listens to this because I loved her. Um, she, I passed her the phone, and he got he got into her face and was like, "Give me the phone." And she was like, "No," and she stood there with the, mm-hmm. the phone behind her. But it gave me time to get away from him. And then she like gave the phone back to him and these two guys in the crowd were like, run. And everyone pushed him and I ran away. And have you ever had, this is really, sorry I'm going on about this, but no one's actually asked me in this much, I haven't been able to talk about it this much detail yet. I've been like quick on the news. Bite size. Yeah, yeah. sound bites. (laughs) Um, But have you ever had a dream where like you're running and you can hear the person behind you and you're terrified? Oh my God, yeah. So I was running through a packed, it was 60,000 people. So like everyone was shoulder to shoulder and I was like banging people out the way, like running through and I, and I was crying and be like get out of the way get out of the way get out of the way and I just kept saying that I was running through and it was like oh god it would have been like 200 meters of people you know like trying to get through and I didn't hear him at first and then I sort of heard him like right behind me be like give me the phone but he was right behind my ear and it was literally I'll never forget it, it was so terrifying I was so scared um and I burst through all these people and I got out and the security guards were right there and I knew they were there because I'd seen them on the way in and I'd made a note of where they were because me and Steve had been sitting there and they, they just like surrounded me and he like jumped over them and I said he's taking pictures of my skirt and gave the guy the phone and the lovely security guard, he was like, put the phone in my pocket. So I was like, okay, did that. They called the police, police came. They separated the two of us and then police looked at the picture to make sure it was me, obviously, and they came over and were like, um, we've seen the pictures, we've had to look at them, we're really sorry. It was a male and female police officer and they were amazing, mm-hmm. like categorically, they were great. Um, they were like, we've had to look at the picture to make sure it was you. Unfortunately, it's not graphic, so there's nothing we can do. Like if you hadn't been wearing underwear, maybe there was something we can do about it. But you were, you are. So like, there's not much we can do about it. And it's such a weird thing. It's so it? sad because I'm so like, you know, gung ho. Like, don't tell me that I should have been wearing jeans. Like that's ridiculous and all that stuff. Whenever I get that now, I'm very like that. And I was like that before, but because I was so upset, I just was like a kid. I was like, oh, I guess you're right then. Okay, okay, fine. And then. They separate. I think they even if they kicked him out. I don't think they did. They were just like, okay, carry on. So, was there any part of you that felt like, and this is obviously not something that I agree with, but like that sort of like, oh, I'm causing a fuss. Yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. it's not that big of a deal. One hundred. Which is like such a toxic 
way that people can make women feel, especially. And, and they do, and I think you're right. I think we've been made to feel that, you know, subliminally through our whole lives with a lot of stuff growing up as a, to, into a woman. So mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of in me as my nature is to be a bit like, oh, I don't want to cause a scene. You know, this mm-hmm. is just part of what life's bit life as a woman. So maybe I should just brush it off. Isn't it crazy that in that moment you probably wouldn't have known that you were gonna go on to like properly try and change a law? No. I mean, when what happened in the aftermath of that? Were you just like, actually, this has really pissed me off? No, I was like, that was horrible. There's nothing I can do about it. So that went on for about a week. There's a period of time about a week where nothing happened, and then I got a call for the police. I was going to Latitude Festival, and I packed the clothes, and I didn't pack any skirts. I wouldn't put any skirts in the suitcase. Mm. And then my boyfriend was, I was talking to my boyfriend, he was there, and I was like, I feel weird about it. And he was like, no, 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 just wear whatever you want. I was like, okay, so I packed the same skirt. I did it in 180, mm. I was like, no, I'll wear that skirt, and then I'll go to a festival, and I'll, and I'll get new memories in that skirt, and it'll be fine. Mm. I can wear a skirt if I want. Um, and on the way to Latitude, police called me and were like, we closed the case immediately, it's not, we're not doing anything with it. And then it was only when I got off the phone from them, hearing them say it, like, out loud, I was like, that's not right. Like, that can't be right. No. That's ridiculous, because I gave you the picture. Oh, also, they deleted the picture. I forgot to tell you that. They told the guy to delete to the picture. To just delete it. To like, stop like the that's the answer. Yeah, so they deleted my evidence. So, of course, they couldn't charge. So, I got off the phone from them, and I was like, that's not okay. And then I looked in... I just started looking into the law. I was just like, I'm interested to know what this is, what it is around this, because porn mm. sites have this stuff on all the time. Like, this is a thing that happens a lot. Mm. So, I started looking into it. And I was like, I think there's a really weird grey area here. And then I, power of social media, I will never, as long as I live, not stand up for social media when someone's like, social media is the worst thing ever. Because I put it on Facebook, I put a picture of them up, because mm. we'd taken a picture of them yeah. behind us before it happened. And said, these guys took pictures of my vagina without me knowing. And sent them around to everyone in the crowd. Police delete the picture, wouldn't help me. This is the last kind of... I just wanted some control of the situation mm. for, somehow. So I posted it and it, just, and it went viral. And then I started getting media asking me and then I did a lot of media and I was doing it all on my own and I was like, how am I going to, I want to change law on this, but how am I going to do that? This is far too big than I can handle. And then I got a lawyer and then it all began properly. Mm. Was there any moment where you were like kind of feeling overwhelmed with what you'd taken on? Yeah. The first like two, well, the first round of media I did when I, my post went viral was like, I don't really even remember it because it was basically just calls and calls and emails and every channel and I didn't know how to organize it and I was just doing whoever asked me I wasn't doing it cleverly I didn't know uh I was on my own you know I was like walking there and they were like no it's fine we'll get your car I was like oh right okay sorry Mm. I just had no idea what I was doing and I've got a full-time job so there was a period of about two weeks when I did that media and the online hate that came from all that media was unbelievable really oh yeah I, I threw my phone away for like pretty much for two days turn it off because I couldn't sleep because my phone would not stop like it was unbelievable um was it just like from troll yeah troll type people just got so many messages was it men mainly you know what's really annoying is it was but it was two it was men and older women mm. a lot of older women telling me I should have worn trousers and that I was slutty because there, there was that one interview where you were paralleled with an older woman and she was just telling you to like stop being silly really wasn't she yeah that was so infuriating yeah it was really annoying because the thing with this is like it's really so horrible that it happened to you and now it's like you've created something that's like more than you bigger than mm-hmm. you because like of all the stories you're getting yeah when... does that spur you on like hearing 
other people who have been through it because that girl yeah. as well that was in that other interview you did who was saying that like it happened to her when her mum and dad were oh, with Liz, her yeah yeah it's horrible I've the I've it's got horrible. so many messages since the beginning of this like I had I've got two female teachers I've been talking to for a while who messaged me because they have uh they teach teenage but like kids who are like you know I guess late teens and the boys were working together and they found like hundreds of upscale photos on the boys' USBs of these two female teachers. Mm-hmm. But because there's nothing they can do, so they still have to teach these kids. They have no authority. Everyone's seen the pictures. And they're like, they now hate their jobs and they're terrified to go to the school that they teach in. Yeah. There's a 13-year-old girl who's, like, the best and lovely, and she's just... She's, like, Catelyn Moran, but she's 13. Like, she's amazing. <laughs> she basically, like, um, happened to her in school when she was trying to work. Like, some boys took it and put it on Instagram, so everyone saw it. And then she got quarantined, put in a room on her own for a week. He didn't. I said the attitude around it is so wrong, but like hundreds of messages, which is why when these statistics came out this week from the Press Association, which I helped work on, you just know it's the tip of the iceberg because I've, mm-hmm. I've had more stories than that document's had after four months of research. Women and girls aren't reporting it because the law's not supporting them. They don't mm-hmm. feel like it's supported. And also, a lot of them don't know what happens to them, you know, because they don't mm-hmm. see it happen. So it's, it's a massive problem and you can't really put a number on it. It's and effective. You, and it's like this issue is so like you say gray, a gray area but like it, there's such a wide spectrum because it's like I remember once getting told not to wear a certain thing to work like yeah. I think it was like slightly low cut or something but like you know when you just think I don't think oh my boobs are out I just think oh I'm wearing a top and like they happen to be showing because I have boobs yeah and I just remember I mean we've I think we've probably all had this where it's like how can you tell the woman to change her to change her actions like that's not the yeah, first that's not the first that's step. not the that's not soli- yeah that's not the first step it's ridiculous it should be like that's the whole thing i've got the whole time the two biggest things are where i should have worn trousers and there's another one but my attitude has always been like you know don't tell someone to wear a longer skirt tell guys to stop taking pictures of my vagina like it's literally and and just like rape culture yeah and it's symptomatic it's you know this is a, a massive issue and there's all these tendrils that come off and the way that we speak and think about people are symptomatic of that problem and that is how we view women we sexualize women in every scenario and me wearing a skirt was apparently me trying to get guys to hit on me. It wasn't. I just love clothes. And until people realise that, we're not really going to get anywhere. Like, it's ridiculous. It's mad. Yes. I was thinking the other day about how, you know, in the 90s, and actually even now, it was like in every single magazine, a celebrity would be getting out of a taxi and the paparazzi would just be snapping. I remember, like, as a young girl, maybe like 10, reading those magazines and being like and just normalizing it it was so normal it was so it was, normal and, and normalize it all the time yeah and that's happened to so yesterday at the baftas and holly willoughby got out uh, well not just holly willoughby a lot all the female stars got out of the taxi and all of the uh, photographers were trying to get pictures of the skirts R- at the BAFTAs really while they were carrying the white roses for times up they were carrying oh, the roses so holly posted about it yesterday i knew about it before she even posted yeah. about it and we're trying to uh, work together right yeah so that's still all happening and that's I think two prongs of the problem, if I change the law, it's going to protect regular, regular women in, you know, quote unquote. Um, but also we need to hold the paparazzi accountable because they just make that culture completely normal, mm-hmm. which is not right. It feels like you're on the brink of, I mean, this is why I wanted to do this now as well. I feel yeah. like you've done so much more press and it's like, is it crunch time or is this something that's like ongoing? Politics is a really strange beast in that anything can change it. 
anything that happens in there can change so mm. something might delay it it might take a bit more time it depends what strategy you're going down but what we've been working on for seven months has got to the point now where me and my lawyer are really excited about it and we're get we're now going you know we're now like confident they're going to do it now or do it soon it's getting to the point where i feel like yeah this could happen soon the way they're talking about it all the meetings have been really positive they're replying quickly to us they're listening the the um previous justice minister because obviously there's a big cabinet reshuffle mm. in january so the whole team i was working with all moved on right. which obviously delayed it mm. um but he had said that he agreed and there was a gap in the law and they're ready to change legislation so we're right now just um triple checking and firming up that they agree with that principle with the previous team and that's where we're at now um but it's going to happen it's not not going to happen it's got to happen it's every single legal profession of the country every police commissioner MPs from all parties. How often do you get MPs from all parties agreeing on the same yes. thing? You don't. You like, know? who in their right mind would disagree would with disagree that? Disagree with it, exactly. It feels like, as well, you've got a really nice relationship with your lawyer. Oh my god, so much. Like, I basically put on Twitter another reason why social media is. Mm. Oh, it's half killed me and it's actually made me stronger than it ever did with all the trolls. Like, it's done so much for me. But I put it on Twitter being like, I can't handle this because I'm the passionate one who wants to change law. I need someone who knows how to play the game and knows how to get me there properly and with a watertight case and I put it out and was like I need a lawyer and I, th- I think it was three or four people messaged me and the messages from the other lawyers were sort of like um hey um here's what I do here's how good I am um I can do this for you and Ryan messaged me and was like I, I really care about this I really care about what you're doing you've really unearthed a great area in the law that so needs to be mm-hmm. filled I will do whatever you want me to do, even if it's just advice. Just get in touch with me. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy that I should be with as a team. So I met him. I went to the law firm. Gibson it's Dunn. funny, that gut instinct thing, isn't it? You just it? know. Like, yeah. You can just feel like it's just good vibes. I was like, straight away, like, yes, Ryan. <laughs> so I went to it's Gibson Dunn and Crutcher, who are like a litigation powerhouse. They're amazing. They're global over the world. And they've been incredible as well. Like, because the great thing about them is um, their staff, so staff being their lawyers, so Ryan chooses passion projects. So he can choose what he wants to work on pro bono. Whereas right. most of the time in big law firms, it comes from the top down because it's what looks good for the company and they're not like that. So he was like, I want to work on this. He met with me. We chatted for like three hours. He makes me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. He's completely there. Like he knows every single, not just in with the, you know, the technical law aspect, aspect of it. He's an expert in that. He's incredible in that but with media with women's rights he's absolutely amazing so then he went to um his bosses and was like i want to do this and they were like, absolutely and the whole firm has backed me now so I love that. it's wonderful because i've just got this incredible team behind me you've just reminded me that my favorite of my favorite film what is erin erin brockovich oh my god erin brockovich is the best because i i just feel like well you were saying um before about how kind of uh people find it quite jarring that you actually know loads of stuff about yes, law about law yeah and again though how annoying because that seems like a really annoying um gender stereotype thing going on annoying. there like really the annoying. man in the suit thing i'm yeah. a lawyer and this is what i love about ryan as well we walked into parliament for a meeting and we got to the reception and just to paint a picture of ryan he's like a six foot five like he's about four feet across huge muscly scotch uh, scotch scotch <laughs> scottish guy um and we walked up to the reception i'm there in my pink jacket you know like colorful and i was like hi and she like looked around and was like he hit and he was like gestured to me he's like it's her meeting and he's always like this he's like i'm here to support you i'm here to get this passed with you this is your campaign i'm just your cheerleader mm. and he's brilliant like i just love him why do you think there's still this annoying judgment on 
any woman who likes fashion as well because I I know this is on a much smaller scale but I when I get invited to do like big tech conferences I I'm like oh maybe I shouldn't wear the like fluffy leopard print jacket that's what I do but I'm like like, should I wear a suit no because I don't want to wear a suit yeah it's really annoying I think it's good that you I think it's good that you're just doing you yeah I think you have to I don't think there's any other way to be and I don't get the fashion thing but I think it's again I think it comes from a um if you care about the way you look then that's you're superficial Mm. and when you look at like really amazing male icons a lot of them are known for the fact that so look at Steve Jobs he was like oh I don't have the time to pick out an outfit I wear my pole neck and I wear my jeans you know because I don't have the time and I thought I was thinking to myself this morning I was like should I maybe just start wearing like a pink pole neck and pink jeans because I have I mean I'm not gonna go black but should I just (laughs) wear because I don't have the time and then I can be like I don't have the time guys to but no like that's actually what gets me ready for the day me putting on an outfit that I feel good in mm-hmm. and putting on some lipstick and feeling like powerful that's like my armor probably my creative army you know yeah that's yeah. a big part of what gets me in that room and gets me talking to MPs like I know you know knowing what I'm talking about feeling confident is my clothes yes and I think it's high time that we change that because that's just a ridiculous notion mm-hmm. I know so many wonderful you included brilliant fashionable gorgeous women who are really intelligent has no patch on what you're doing what's going on inside your head what you're wearing I love that. What advice would you give to anyone who's like embarking on like a similar sort of, maybe it's not like a, a public campaign, but just how have you kept motivated like during all of this? I think a big, this is going to sound so mushy, but it's huge for me. I think a massive part of it is I have to, I had to, I can't do it on my own, you know? And I think that took me like a long time at the beginning. Why That's why I did all the media on my own. Because I think I thought okay, well, this is me. I've made this decision. I have to do this all this on my own. And I asked for help. And I created, like, a network of people around me that agreed with the situation and wanted to help. And that's what's kept me going. That's what sustained me throughout it. Because without all those people who not agreed with me, but just care about people and like-minded and want to help me, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like, yes, the core team is me and Ryan, but there's tertiary people and there's people around me that are helping me. Um, I think you have to ask for help. I think you have to not be too proud because mm-hmm. I'm messaging, I'm, you know, emailing people and being like, I need you to run a feature for me. Like, I've never met them before, you know? And that can sound pushy, do it the right way, it's fine. I can sound pushy, I can sound bossy, I can sound, um, you know, like I'm being cheeky. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to change the law and I'm doing this for, like, every woman in the country. Mm-hmm. So I need to be. Yes. If I'm the only one doing it, like, I have to be. It's not Is about it me. also a time thing? Because you have, like you said, you do have a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Is it like you I don't can't have really beat around be, the bush? I don't have the time to be going, hey, do you mind if, sorry, if I'm in your mm. way, you know, I just need to get it done. Yeah. Um, but I think all the people surround, around me has really sustained me. I also think it's really important when you're doing something like this to keep a list. So I've kept a list of every single person that helped me, like journalists who've got me in for stuff or, um, I don't know, you know, uh, Ryan's bosses at Gibson Dunn, the head honchos there, like everyone who's helped me because when it changes, I'm that's a sum of all of those parts like that's not me I'm gonna be the one that's standing there going like yeah I started this and I worked on it but it's it's a massive group effort because I couldn't have done it without Mm. every even the smallest person who when I was crying at home Mm. you know having drinks my best friend they're like because of that policewoman on the BBC news who was horrible to me or whatever they're going like it's okay you're gonna get up tomorrow and do it again I'm like okay okay cool Oh, and that is, that is a good message because you're right. It is you need people around you. You do like that's what keeps you going when it's hard. And if you know, if all you know didn't work out, it will 100. percent But say if it didn't, you know, you can you commiserate and then you can get drunk if it does. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing any project, you need to keep in mind all those people that helped you with, there yeah. and create a family. 
And if anyone listening right now is sat at home wanting to help, yeah. what, what, what would you want them to do? Okay, so the first thing I want everyone to do is sign the petition. Because that's... Is that change.org? That is care to. Right. That's care2.com. So it's care2 and just put in upskirting, care2 and you'll find it. I need everyone to do that because that shows the scale. Anyone that's ever seen this happen, like seen someone do it to someone or has uh, even heard about it or it's happened to them to get in touch with me. I'm, I'm Beanie Gigi on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and I'm compiling all the stories of women. So I'm showing what a scale of the problem this really is. Um, and... Any anyone that can get the message out, whether that's TV or that's print or like you with the podcast and we can actually talk about it, like anyone who could help bring a voice to this issue, I just need those people around me because the more people that know and understand that we can educate that this is a problem, the quicker we'll do it. Well, the quicker we'll change the law. And that's the end game. Well done, you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, so just lastly, not related to anything, what are you excited about this year in 2018? I'm really excited about changing the law, because that's going to happen this year, before summer, um, I'm hoping. And I'm really excited about what will happen after that, because it's become incredibly apparent to me during this whole process that this is what I want to do. Yeah. Not, I'm not going to you know, look for laws to change, but I want to solve problems, and I want to be an activist, and I want to just make the world a better place, whether that's through writing, because I've been a writer for five, you know, five years, or um, whether that's... Something, it doesn't matter, it's just I want to make creative work that is for the, for the good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I've ever really wanted to do. And it's taken me to do this to go, this means more to me, actually making change. Mm-hmm. And even just writing, I've written 400 word pieces about it, but those feel just as good as when I changed the law, you know? I loved, um, I love as well when you go travelling and all of the things you've done in the past, there's always been this, like, kind of underlayer of, of like, environmental... Yeah, issues as well. Yeah, it feels yeah. like it all it all does tie in, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's taken me a long time to realise that that's the basic thread through everything I do, whether it's my Instagram or it's my writing or anything. It's just all about. I think there's a there's a bit of an activist in me that I never knew was there, really, because I've always been like, okay, when I was in Greece, I was cleaning this. Well, I lived on a boat in Greece. For everyone that doesn't know, has seen my Instagram because that's all I posted. Um, <laughs> Follow Gina on Instagram. <laughs> it's so much fun. I love Instagram. Um, yeah, I was cleaning the sea out, you know, and then then I we found a stray dog and I brought him home and mm. got him to England and saved him and then I rescued two tortoises when I got back and then I was like I want to change the law like I seem to all I want to do is just solve problems so whatever that means for me after I change the law I'm just I'm so excited to find out like I don't know yet but it's going to be wonderful it is yeah. oh that's a nice note to end on yay thank you so much thank you for having me thank you